Ernest Hemingway wrote a short story, uh, The Capital of the World, and in that he tells of, a, a, of what is basically a common joke in Madrid, Spain. He said a father and his teenage son, their relationship had become really, really stressed, and eventually it shattered, and they, they parted ways. Years later, the father started to look for the son, and as a last resort, when he could think of nothing else, he wrote an article, in, uh, uh, just a, took out an ad in the paper, and all it said was, Dear Paco, all is forgiven, come home. Meet me at a hotel, Montana. Tuesday at noon, all is forgiven. They say that over 800 men named Paco <laughs> showed up because a father said, all is forgiven. Because a father said, all is forgiven. Folks, one of the hardest things that you will ever, and I told you, starting today is going to be a, a few weeks of hard messages because they're difficult. Uh, it's, uh, everybody says, well, you know, we like to go to church. We can get meat. We like meat. Everybody thinks, it's funny what people think meat is. You know, when you're a baby, when they give you meat, they give you something that's hard to swallow. Come on. Meat is hard to swallow. They only give it to you when, it, when they start maturing. And this, this series that we are going to start today is entitled simply Forgiveness. Because it is one of the things that people su struggle with doing. It's one of the things that people struggle with receiving. It's one of the things that we struggle receiving from God. It's hard even to forgive ourselves. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at all of these, uh, at several of these things. Uh, and as we do, I hope it moves us. Because forgiveness, <laughs> we're going uh, to put it this way, it's probably going to come up on the screen. Gandhi said this, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. See, we can walk around and we can say some things and, 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 and act certain ways, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what I've been through. But let me tell you something, folks. Forgiveness is not a suggestion to the body of Christ. Forgiveness is not something that he says, well, you know, you might ought to. I know that's Southern for you, but uh, it's something that we, we might ought to do. Let's look at this word real quick, the word forgiveness. Forgiveness means to pardon the offender by which he is considered and treated as not guilty. I will let that rest for a minute. Because we need to take that in. If we're talking about true forgiveness, forgiveness is taking those who have offended us and pardoning them. It is taking those who have offended us 
and we consider them and we treat them as not guilty. Well, I'm real good at forgiveness, but are we? See, forgiveness means that when we come in contact with that person anymore, it still doesn't do that thing in our stomach. You know how that thing happens? Forgiveness is when we take those who have offended us, we pardon them, we consider them not guilty. We act as if, now listen, we're gonna get into this over the next few weeks. Forgiveness does not mean the relationship will always be the same. I wish it did, but we live in a very imperfect world. Forgiveness is an action. It's not an option. You're gonna hear this a lot over the next couple of weeks. Thing about it is, is in today's society, we don't think a whole lot about forgiveness because a lot of our actions are based on unforgiveness. I'll never get hurt like that again. Nobody's gonna do me like that again. And so here comes the wall. And so now every time I go to deal with somebody, I've still got this unforgiveness going in the back of my mind because I am never gonna let this person close to me because of what that person did. So my behavior and everything that I'm doing now is based out of unforgiveness. And so when I carry that unforgiveness, it will hurt and hinder every relationship that I go into. You see why I told you this is gonna be tough? <laughs> Y'all, I don't know, sometimes it's a struggle to forgive people. Go to Matthew chapter 18. We probably won't shout and run around the church. But I promise we're gonna become more like Jesus. Come on, what's more important? Having a feel good goosebump or becoming more like Jesus? Oh, should I ask that on this side? Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. And then Peter being smart here, like most of us would with Jesus, and Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? Up to seven times? And he thought, man, I'm being generous here. I am being generous. If I forgive him seven times, it's all good, right? And Jesus looks at him in verse 22, and Jesus said to him, I do not say up to seven times. This goes back to past those expectations, Zach. He says, not seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Do you realize how much that is? That's 490. Can you imagine forgiving Ernie for the same thing 490 times? <laughs> he said, Carol's passed that already. See, it doesn't mean just forgiving him all at once. It means for that time he offended me. Now, when he goes and offends me again, then I got another 100, 490 times I'm working on. So it's an infinite place. Forgiveness is an infinite place where you and I can live that will help every relationship around us. But man, it's hard. It's difficult because we've all been offended. We all have been hurt. We've all 
it went through some kind of struggle. And, and Peter just thinking, he said, listen, take, Jesus saying, take the limits off. But what if they keep doing it over and over and over again? Guess what my job is? Forgiving over and over and over again. You need to understand, you can walk in forgiveness even when a relationship can't be salvaged. Yeah. It's all about you. But they didn't ask me for forgiveness. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. Forgiveness is not based on the actions of another person. Forgiveness is a choice that I make from the inside of myself. It's a choice that I make from my spirit to be more like Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? My, my job is to be more like Christ. He forgives me over and over. Man, I'm glad he hasn't got tired of forgiving me yet. But it's over and over and over again. He keeps forgiving me. And so... <coughs> We are, are working to be more like Christ. And so if I'm working to be more like Christ, I'm going to have to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. Now, does that mean nothing hurts? No. You're going to get hurt. Things will hurt you. But what God's looking for people who are willing to live the ultimate radical lifestyle. And this most radical, everybody talks about being a radical Christian. Be a radical Christian. You want to be a radical Christian? Walk this life of forgiveness. That the moment you're offended, once you get past the initial hurt, you begin to release forgiveness in someone's life and you begin to consider them and treat them as not guilty. People say, there's no way you can do that. Listen, the, the, the relationship may not be salvageable. We may never hang out and do all the things we used to do again. But I, I've got to get rid of that thing inside of me. Because that thing inside of me is going to get bitter, which we'll probably talk about next week. And bitterness will destroy everything in your life. Bitterness will eventually work its way into every, because it's a root. The Bible calls bitterness a root. I'm trying not to get into next week. And roots have a tendency to spread. Nothing stops them. Concrete doesn't stop a root. When those tree roots grow, they will grow through or around. <laughs> Go back to Matthew 18. Are y'all okay? Told you, we're going to get to, why? Because we have to be better. We have to be Christ-like. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who, warned to, who wanted sorry, to settle accounts with his servants. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the kingdom realm. You got to put that together. You're not just talking about this is a, if, but where's the kingdom? Come on. Where's it tells us the kingdom's at? In us. So the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle his, his accounts with his servants. In verse 24, when he began to settle the accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot. But since he was not able to pay, his master ordered that he be sold, that gone. That not only he be sold, but with his wife, their children, 
and everything he had and payment to be made. Because he could not repay what he had borrowed from this king, the king said, I'm going to sell you, I'm going to sell your kids, I'm going to sell your wife, I'm going to sell everything you have. It's all going to become mine. He said, now wait a minute, how's this like the kingdom of heaven? Well, let's get there. So his servant fell on his knees, pleading with him, saying, Master, have patience with me. Grace. Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. Here's why this story is like the kingdom of heaven. Forgiveness is always based in love. Forgiveness will always be based in love. If we are going to be a people after God's own heart, we're going to be a people where love is our main and most motivator. Where everything in us is driven from a passion of, for people. He said here that the, the master was driven with compassion. He was moved with love. And he released him. And look what he did. He forgave all his debt. He wiped it clean. None of it was left. From that point on, that man could stand in front of that king without any fear that that king would choose to remember his debt. When do we get to the point where we look at someone who has offended us deeply and we get to the point where they can stand in our presence and it doesn't still do that thing? Everybody knows that thing? I know what they did. I remember it. I remember it. I remember I remember Because I'm going to tell you something. People lie to you. They say, forgive and forget. <laughs> Guess what you cannot do? <laughs> I don't care how hard you try, you can't do it. <laughs> you know, I've got scars all over my body. I was telling Perry and, and, and Bob before service. Let's talk about baseball. I said, I'll tell you a baseball story. I was playing baseball as a kid and somebody parked right in front of one of our bases and I slid into the base and slid right up under that truck and its license plate caught me right here and went. Put stitches, both sides of my mouth. I can still feel the scars, but guess what? It doesn't hurt anymore. Come on. I split my tongue in half. What people pay to do now happened to me on a sled. I was sledding, fell off the sled, right in half. They stitched my tongue back together. Listen, I got all kinds of scars. I can tell you stories. Then you'd figure out what kind of kid my parents had to deal with. But you know what? It doesn't hurt anymore. Why? Because I eventually was able to move past the pain. You see, this is what forgiveness is. When I choose forgiveness, I am choosing to let go of the pain that you caused me. And I'm choosing to walk like Christ and love you. And I'm choosing not to remember that. It is a flat out choice. It's not a move of God. I can't lay hands on you for it. Pastor Ted, Pastor Dave, Pastor D, they can't lay hands on you for it. This is a choice 
that over the next few weeks, I hope you look inside and we challenge ourselves. What, how do I move? The only way to move into this kind of, of forgiveness is you have to first be motivated by love. But how do I love them after what they did to me? Love doesn't, isn't based on their actions either. Because if love was based on action, God would have left me alone a long time ago. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 said, Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. Okay? And knows God. Verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God. I didn't say he didn't save you. I didn't say that he's just going to boot you out. It just means you don't know him. See, you can have relationship with someone and you don't really know them. He said, he who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is love. You see, when I choose to walk in this kind of forgiveness based out of love, I am now going to consider Jeff as he didn't do it. I'm going to consider Jeff as not guilty. And when I get around him, I choose not to be sick at my stomach anymore. <laughs> when I get around him, I choose not to be angry anymore. Yeah, but every time I look at them, it brings up, then you need to get a hold of that. Forgiveness is based out of love. And when we walk in this, we are more like God than we've ever been. Back to Matthew 18. The, the king was moved with compassion and forgave. Now, verse 18. Now, you all know this story. Verse 18, I mean, verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, I didn't do the conversion, but I would say that's considerable, consider, considerably less than 10,000 talents. Anybody know the conversion rate on that? All right. He said he went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Pay me what you owe. Isn't it funny how we are forgiven so much and yet offer so little forgiveness? I think about the person I was. I think about the things that I've done, James. I think about all these things and then I say, God, I don't understand how you loved me. I don't understand how you forgave me. I don't understand how you wiped all of that away. You took it completely and you don't. The word says that he cast my sins into the sea and remembers them no more. <laughs> Gotta understand. You all have heard me tell the story about having out one night doing things I shouldn't have been doing and got my backside handed to me real good. You can figure that one out. 
And I remember that night walking in, I prayed a different prayer. I said, I've seen what he's got, now let's see what you've got. When my wife married me, those people came to her and said, I couldn't, we couldn't believe you married him. He was evil. It's, it's the truth. Did they not ask you that? And I sit back now, Brenda, and I wonder, dear God, I actually prayed, Satan, let's see what you got. Let's see how good it is. I prayed that. And then one night at 663 Ivydale Drive, Westerville, Ohio, I hung up with my mom because I faked a fight. Because the Holy Spirit, she said, did you go to church today? So I faked a fight so she'd get off the phone with me. And the Holy Spirit says, you know what you need. He didn't tell me I was a dirty, rotten, filthy. Listen, I'm not even going to tell you what I had done before that phone call. I said, yeah, I need to go to another room. So I ran into another room, and guess what? I got in there, and he said, you know what you need. I said, yeah, I need to go to bed. So I ran upstairs to go to my bedroom, and guess what? I ran into the room, and he said, you know what you need. I said, yeah, I need to sleep in another room. And he said it again to me. See, forgiveness will not allow someone to run. I could have ran, I tried to run. Galen, you experienced that. It only took what, 40 some years later? When you was by yourself, after you, y'all should hear his story, I won't tell it. He'll get up here and tell it here soon. But when I sit back, folks, and I think about, my God, what a person I was, the things I did, the people that I hurt, my goodness, you forgave me. I become so overwhelmed, it moves me to tears. But then I think about that little thing Tyler did. <laughs> it's about $5. It's about $5. I think about that little thing Tyler did and I get so mad at him, I'm willing to never speak to him again. I'm willing to never talk to him again. I've done the same thing. I went out and I grabbed him by the throat and I said, make right how you did me wrong. Listen, this is how we do people. You did me wrong. We need to be moved with compassion because that's who God is. And so verse 29, are you with me? This is just laying a foundation tonight, today. He said, so this fellow servant fell down at his feet and entreated him saying, have patience with me. The same thing he asked of the king. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. But he would not. How in the world can I withhold from someone the same forgiveness that I have gotten? How? How can I withhold someone? When I think about how much I've been forgiven, how can I withhold that from anyone else? How do I let that eat of me, eat at me, and eat at me, and eat at me? I lose sleep over it. 
Do you know there are scientific studies that show that unforgiveness can actually make you physically ill? Physically ill. And we wonder what's wrong with us. I would say, first off, maybe we need to sit back and go through ourselves and say, okay, God, who am I holding unforgiveness toward? Hmm. How can I move forward in this? Maybe I'm holding unforgiveness that I, see, we have to be real brave in this. This is saying, God, here's me. I'm open, bare, just show me what you need me to do. Reveal to me any unforgiveness that I hold and help me to release it. He said, if you, he said, he would not. And so he put him in prison. Now, you ever, I, I, I always wondered about this. He said he put him, he had him thrown in prison until he could pay. But how could he pay in prison? You know what that shows me? This guy had no intention of ever forgiving this guy. I wonder how many prisons I've, we put people in. Because we have no intention of forgiving them. You did me wrong, I'm going to cut you off. Hey, transparency, right? I'm good at that. Man, I can cut you off and never think about you again. Not you. Yeah, me. Y'all, I ain't perfect. <laughs> And that's what we do. We have no intention. This guy had no intention of forgiving this guy. He put him into prison until he had no way to pay when he was in prison. He had no way to make it right. But we, we hold others with such contempt, we never give them the chance to make it right. Well, I don't want to. Can we talk? Nope. Will you please just talk with me? No. Come on. Verse 31. Y'all are quiet today. Wonder why. So when his fellow servant saw what took place, they were very sorry and went and told their master what had taken place. Then his master, after he had summoned him, said to him, Oh, you wicked servant. What does he call his unforgiveness, Brenda? Wickedness. Try that over here. You got, you, man, it got quiet. What does he call his unforgiveness? Wicked. I wonder what he says about my unforgiveness. Oh, you wicked servant. Go ahead. He said, I, he said, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had compassion, love? Had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered them to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Now, I want to show you something here about forgiveness that we miss if we don't pay attention to these verses. I've never caught this, Zach. I've preached this, read this. Wednesday, I jump out of my desk. 
I go over and I sling Pastor Ted's door open. I said, listen. <laughs> he grabbed the man by the throat, choked him out, put him in prison until he could pay. There's no way. He had no intention on ever forgiving this guy. Unforgiveness will bind you to that person when you think you're cutting them off. He thought he got away. He put the man in prison. Where did he end up? His unforgiveness actually binded, bound him to that man. They ended up in the same cell. You think by being unforgiving and you could cut somebody off and they could just go away because you have no intention of forgiving them. You realize that you are actually binding yourself into the same prison that you're willing to con condemn them to. He ended up in the same prison. You think you're getting free because you're never talking to him again and you've cut them off, you're actually setting yourself up for bondage. Setting yourself up. Unforgiveness leads to bondage. He thought he was going to get away from him. I'm not suggesting it. Okay, so don't run out and do it just because I said. One of my favorite movies is a movie, it's an older movie called A Bronx Tale. Anybody ever seen it? Great movie. Great little gangster movie. In this movie, this young guy's coming up, he's trying to learn to be a gangster. Contrary to his parents' feelings, this guy goes across the street and he goes after him, looking all undone. Man, that older gangster grabs him and pulls him back, says, we don't act like that. He said, well, what's going on? He said, he owes me for $20. He said, do you even like him? He said, well, no. He said, then that's a small price to pay not to have to deal with him anymore. What is a small price to pay for you not to be in bondage anymore? Because unforgiveness just continues to rise your anger. Continue. Listen. I don't know how many times I've, I've had to struggle with forgiving someone and I lay in bed at night and I think about everything they said. Yeah. I relive the arguments. Come on. I relive it. If I would have just said this, if I would have just, is that freedom? Is that freedom? You're still bound. You're still chained and your emotions and everything in you, you don't have peace. Oh, come on. This is what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Well, I just won't come back. It don't help it now. You've heard it. You're responsible for it now. And I think if we want to move into the place that God wants us individually, then we need to just sit back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, where am I holding on to anger? Where am I holding on to unforgiveness? And who do I need to forgive? Because it's time for me to walk out my freedom. It's time for me to be you on the earth. Verse 35. So also my heavenly father will do to each of you 
if from your heart you do not forgive your brother his trespasses. If you do not forgive your brother his trespasses. There's bondage. And there's nothing we can do about it. It, it puts us in, in its own place. Go to Matthew 6. Unforgiveness, folks. Grudges. They don't set you free. They don't set you free. Matthew 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. What? Why is my forgiveness tied into my forgiveness? Because I'm required to be walking like him. I'm required, Christian, little Christ, the body of Christ on the earth, I'm required. So he says, for if you forgive the men of their trespasses, your heavenly father, so your forgiveness is tied to your forgiveness. How free do you want to be? Verse 15, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you yours. The weight of those words alone should make me want to say, God, show me any place where I'm holding unforgiveness and let me get it out. Just the weight of those words alone. God, show me. We have been forgiven so much. He erased the debt that was ever owed to us. How can we not forgive a little thing? Go to Colossians chapter 3. We're almost there. Told you, today's an introduction message. We're going to go into some things in detail. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. So embrace as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Now this is what we should embrace. A spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Here we go. Hang on. Bear with one another. Oh. And forgive one another. This is our lifestyle. This is our lifestyle. He said, a spirit of mercy, a spirit of kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving. If anyone has a quarrel against anyone, as Christ forgave you, so you... Try that again. So you... Must. This is not even a suggestion. If the same way you've been forgiven... The same way God accepts you as not guilty. The same way that he puts it into the depths of the sea and remembers it no more is the way that you should forgive. Well, I can't do that. No, you won't. You're putting someone in prison and you have no intention of letting them out. But the thing is, you're tying yourself to them. You end up in the same bondage. You end up in the same bondage. Look what he says in verse 14. And above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection, which actually means maturity. This is a mature Christian. Mature Christians forgive. I don't care how much Bible knowledge you got. I don't care how much you can roll on the floor, how much you pray in tongues. I don't care how much you shout. I don't care how much you lay hands on the sick and they recover. The mature is found in a spirit of humbleness, 
kindness, meekness of mind, and forgiveness. Far outweighs everything else we try to think is important. Ephesians chapter 4. Smile, it's good. God, show us. You know how easy this is to, for, to fix? Father, forgive me. And next time I'm around Ted and that feeling comes up, I say, no, I release that. I release that. And I'm going to have a conversation with him and treat him as he never did anything. Now, the relationship may never be the same. You say, why? It is, it is with God. I'm not God. He ain't God. I'm trying. I try, I try, I try. But just because I try don't mean he will. Come on. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Pentecostals love this verse. We think this is talking about charismatic stuff. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen, it goes on. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies with all malice be taken from you. <laughs> Let all bitterness, back that up, Bob. Wrath, anger, outbursts. He said, all this should be taken from me. When I'm walking in these things, I grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is grieved by these. So what's it say about me? Am I living a life where he is grieved? Come on. Let all bitterness, wrath, go back to verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God with whom you have been sealed until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies with all malice be taken from you. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God in Christ forgave you. So if I'm walking in true forgiveness, I'm not bitter. Try it over here. If I'm walking in this kind of forgiveness, I'm not bitter. If I'm walking in this kind of bitter, in that kind of forgiveness, you won't have these outbursts of anger from me. Try that one over here. If I'm walking in this kind of forgiveness, Wendy, I won't have these kind of outbursts. If I'm walking in this kind of forgiveness, I'm not going to have these, these, these. <laughs> Wrath, oh, don't get them mad. You don't want to see their wrath. It's bit me a time or two. I would hate for that to be said about me. I'd hate for that to be said about me. So when do we forgive? 70 times seven. People say it all the time, I'll forgive them when they ask for it. I'll forgive them when they earn it. Forgiveness has nothing to do with them. They may never ask for it. They may not even know you're mad about it. <laughs> they were just living their best life. And it rubbed you the wrong way. <laughs> uh, 
Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. I'm forgiving them for me. I'm forgiving them for him. I'm forgiving him for mine and his relationship. Forgiveness is not about the other person asking Ephesians. Well, skip that. Forgiveness is not something we, we just give out. It's who we are. And it doesn't depend on being asked for. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Listen, you weren't, you weren't saved by that way. Romans chapter, chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means he didn't wait for me to say, hey, come down and die for me and take my sin. He didn't wait for me to ask. Matter of fact, I didn't ask for it at all. He just did it for me. Forgiveness is not about the person asking. It's about what you're willing to do. I didn't ask God to do that. He just did it. Mm. Genuine forgiveness is unconditional. To, with no strings attached. It's not a feeling it's not something we accomplish after a time of healing. <laughs> well, when I heal, when I heal, I'll forgive. You'll never heal until you forgive. You'll never heal until you forgive. Why? Because you keep picking that thing. My mom used to tell me all the time, don't pick the scab. <laughs> It'll never heal. And as long as I never forgive, I'll never heal. And even though I may be so furious with Ted that I cut him off and I said, I'm never speaking to you again. And I think I'm free of him. It'll be 15 years down the road. I'll see him in Walmart and, and I've had a bad day. Yeah, but you don't know how big it was. You don't know how massive the thing they did to me. This has nothing to do with that either. This is about you getting free. This is about you walking in freedom. And it really doesn't matter how big the thing was to them. You can still offer forgiveness because it is a choice. Matter of fact, Vine's dictionary says it's a verb. It's an action word. Forgiveness is action. And I'm challenging each and every one of you today. As we start over the next few weeks, keep your heart open. Keep your spirit open. Saying, okay, God, how do I walk in forgiveness? And is there someone that I am still holding unforgiveness? Reveal it to me so that I can remove it from my life. And when I remove it, I am on my way to being free and I'm on my way to being healed. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Oh, great God, you are glorious and grand and holy and righteous and just, and you have forgiven me for so much. Reveal to me areas in my life where I need to forgive. And let me be brave enough to face it, be brave enough to own it, and let me do it so that I can set myself free. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen.